the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. It is the desire of the enemy to discount the work and life of Christ. Now, the enemy knows early on that he will never get you to dismiss Christ as a child of God. But if he can get you to marginalize all that we have through Christ by doing away with faith, that's good enough for him because eventually he'll do away with it altogether. And I've watched it happen in so many lives where you see people just kind of moving away little inch by inch from truth. And pretty soon their truth becomes about what their circumstances have been. Their truth comes, becomes about their body. Their truth becomes about their problems. Their truth becomes about whatever is happening around them. And God is no longer the truth of their lives. Faith is excluded, except that we're sure hoping that God will deliver us. Inch by inch, He moves us away to where our relationship with the Lord becomes religious, man-centered, distant. The Galatians were off track, attempting to earn the favor of God and legitimize their flesh before God. Now, these were not ignorant believers. They had experienced the life-changing work of the indwelling Spirit of God. They had experienced the freedom and the healing of His life. They had been discipled through Paul, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who knew the crisis of faith that they would be facing. Some pastors and teachers that I I read, or I've listened to, speak about the error that the Galatians have entered into, and they make much ado about the deception, about them being tripped up, about them literally being blinded to the work of the enemy. And... I think that leaves you with the idea that these Galatians were completely blindsided, that they were totally taken by surprise, right? But that doesn't work for me. Think about it. Paul, everywhere that Paul went, these guys would show up right after he left. So do you believe that Paul makes no mention whatsoever to the Galatians that as soon as he leaves, these guys are going to show up? And and by the way, uh, you know, they're going to preach some kind of heresy to you and don't worry about what it is. And he trots off? No. 
Paul educates them in truth. He familiarizes them with truth and he says, this is the truth, this is the way, this is the life, this is not. And when they come and present it to you, you should turn from it. Not just turn, but run. Don't embrace it. These guys will come. Trust me, they will come. I believe that because the Judaizers were more faithful than most of Paul's congregation, they would show up and he knew exactly what they would do, what they would say. They know that he knew the lies they were going to propagate. I cannot believe that, that these people were clueless. I cannot believe that they didn't have a hint. If I told you that a vinyl siding salesman was going to show up to your house and was going to literally bug you to death over vinyl siding at some point, it wouldn't matter how he showed up, you would figure out that this guy was going to eventually bug you. You probably wouldn't let him get his foot in the door. Not that there's anything wrong with vinyl siding, but you know how persistent these guys can be, right? The thing is that Paul forewarned them. I am sure of that. Paul made them aware of the heresies, of the distortions. So I don't see the Galatians being completely blindsided by this. In fact, what I see is a slow, subtle departure from truth by the Galatians. Now, in my own experience, I have found that truth is always one of the choices. And I have never been so deceived that I have had not had an option to be obedient to the truth. Have you? That's because the Spirit of God is faithful. He's faithful to make the truth known to us. And this is not about, now listen to me, this is not about knowing where the error is in teaching, because there's a lot of it, right? This is not about always knowing where the error is in teaching, but always looking to Jesus, again, the author and finisher of our faith. We are always held safe Listen, we are always held safe in the relationship, not in our knowing. Do you get that? We're held safe in the relationship, not in our knowing. How much did you know about the Bible when you received him? Apart from what you saw in Sunday school or heard, how much did you really know? We're not held in place By our understanding, we're held in place by him, by his love. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, we can be deceived when we reject him as the source of any of those three. We can be deceived when he is no longer the way. We can be deceived when he's no longer the whole truth, the person of truth. And we can be deceived when we no longer define life by him, but we define it by this world. I've heard the world declare that relationship is built on trust, but when it comes to our faith, trust and faith are conjoined in our relationship with Christ. If I refuse to trust, I refuse faith. And I refuse to live in the relationship that guards my soul. Because that's what he does. Your soul doesn't guard you. Your determination to believe really doesn't guard you. Your relationship 
And your determination to live in the truth of that relationship guards you. Because it is Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not your understanding of the way, the truth, and the life. Does that make sense? I know so many people, I love the Word of God. And I invite you to come and know the lover of your soul through the Word of God. But I know a lot of people that think the memorization of a few verses is going to guard their soul. Well, they all the while are not walking in an intimate relationship with the Lord. They know the book better than its author. And that won't protect you. It won't keep you. I believe that refusing faith... Refusing to live in the relationship that guards the soul is what led Galatians into deception. Because a deceiver always reveals the the condition of the deceived. A deceiver will always reveal the condition of the deceived. Remember that the work of Christ put us in union with the way, the truth, and the life. That will never leave us. It's always the guardian of our soul. It is the anchor that will protect our souls from the assault of the enemy who would steal our hope or our certainty of truth. Hebrews six eighteen and 19 says, So that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to him for refuge would have a strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. This hope, this confident assurance, we have as an anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. A safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, that most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells. Our hope is in Christ. And our certainty is in Christ. And our relationship that affirms us in truth and protects our soul is in Christ. And if we just try to live a religious life, if we just try to maintain religious morals and religious character and religious activities, it won't guard your soul because you see it all the time in, in religious folks. They got a face for one thing and they got a heart for another. That's not the way God made us to live. He came that we might have an abundant life. And you know what an abundant life is? It's a life that embraces the whole of who he is. The way, the truth, and the life. We have an anchor. And the soul needs it. Because you can, your soul can go south All it takes is somebody to cut you off in traffic. I use that example because it works for me. All it takes is somebody to to slow down the checkout line. All it takes is somebody to step on your foot or cause you problems or, or become abusive or maybe say something that you find a little bit insulting or somebody not to do what you think they ought to do or trample over your expectations. And all of a sudden, the soul falls out, doesn't it? The thing that God wants to show us is that our stability is never there. Our truth is never there. It's in our relationship with him. Let's look at our text. Galatians chapter 5, verses 7 through 16. Verse 7. 
Paul writes to the Galatians, he says, you were running the race well. Who interfered and prevented you from obeying the truth? And I believe Paul is seeking to get the Galatians to kind of retrace their journey into the slavery of walking according to the flesh. Paul's not really looking for information. He's not got his pencil and pad out trying to take down a name and a number. Paul is saying, living in unbelief will blind you to the truth. How did you get blinded? He's pointing back at them. The sense of the question is, who would you allow to distract you? That's really what he's saying. Who would you allow to distract you? Who would you allow to trip you up? Now, notice I use the word allow. That means that they're, they're not victims in this. They had to allow this. And he says, who did you allow to step in front of you? Now, here's the thing about focus. We all know that a runner, and he's using the language of a runner, right? A competitive runner. We all know that a runner has to reach its pace and has to have a focus on the goal. He cannot be distracted from the goal. Now, all I got to do, or all that has to be done to distract him, is have somebody just cut in front of him, block his vision, block his, his aim, and literally distract him from what he's doing. And he will lose step, he'll lose pace, he has to, you know, break it in again. Well, that's kind of what Paul is illustrating. Another way to look at cutting in front of you is a distraction that moves in front of your field of vision. Now, an interesting thing is that the enemy will use all kinds of things to put in front of your field of vision, your field of thought, your field of focus, in order to distract you from truth. You ever notice how many things hit your brain when you're trying to pray? I'm a genius when I go to pray. I get all kinds of ideas and thoughts. Things that I hadn't thought to do in years suddenly pop through my head. You know, that the enemy is no fool. He knows that if he can keep you playing and working with these things and looking away from, from him. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody that seems like they, they, they're having an affair with their phone? You couldn't hardly get a, get a word in answer. They're just sitting there doing this and skipping and carrying around. They're not listening to you. They're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, but it's all about the phone. Well, you know what? I kind of think that's the way some of us pray. We're just so distracted, so busy, so tied up in, in what's going through our head and what's being brought forward before us that we're not really putting our focus on Him. Now, here's where it starts. It starts by believing that He's bigger than your distraction. It starts by believing He's more important than all of the trivial garbage that the enemy is putting before you. In fact, he's more important than anything else you can let your mind dwell on. It starts by recognizing that and saying, Father, I know you are here. And while I've got all of this multitasking going on in my brain, my soul, my heart is quiet before you. I'm here to worship you. And you begin to let the words of your mouth agree with the truth. 
Father, you are the truth of my life. Father, you are the substance of my being. Father, you are my protector and my guardian. Father, you are worthy. Father, everything that I would have to do with you have already declared your victory over. Father, thank you that you are my healing. Thank you that you are my protection. Thank you that you are my provision. And you just watch the distractions begin to drop off. As you begin to train your focus upon him. Well, Paul uses the language of of distraction. He says, you've lost your focus. Who would you allow to step between you and the truth? I guess it's kind of like what Peter said. You know, what Jesus said to Peter. Jesus said, you know, I'm I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to die on the cross. All these things. Saying this to Peter. And Peter says, oh no. He said, Peter, the truth about me, in so many words Jesus tells him, the truth about me is that you are blinded to the truth. So he says, so get behind me, Satan. Remove yourself so that Peter can see me. Get thee behind me. I think sometimes Satan gets between us and the Lord in in our vision, and we need to tell him to move on. Obedience to the truth is not about a particular doing. It's a way of living. It's walking in truth. It's determining to know the truth intimately. It is living out of your union with a person of truth. Obedience is the walk of a yielded soul. It is the outworking of his life. He says, you were running so well with a singular focus of a competing runner. Refusing to be distracted, putting all of your, all of your passion and all of your energy in going for the prize. You were walking in faith. You were determined to live in faith. You were reckoning upon his abiding grace. But now you've looked away and the hope that you have now is no hope at all because they were hoping in their flesh. The other thing about that verse is the word interfered is actually the Greek word for cut in. So who did you allow to cut in in front of you? We cannot do a thing about the distractions that will cut in on us. God actually allows them. He allows them to present themselves to you so that you have the opportunity to choose faith. And to persevere in truth. God could prevent the distractions from happening, didn't he? I mean, he's God, right? He could snap his fingers and you'd see him with complete clarity. But then it wouldn't be a life of faith, would it? And he's called us to live by faith. And faith declares that we have a God that's bigger than the distraction. Christianity is not just knowing the truth. Christianity is the practice of living it out in obedience It is living in obedience, which is living in the inclination of the Spirit of God within you. Now, obedience in most minds is a dirty word because it's something we look to but never really feel like we can accomplish. But in God's mind, obedience is yielding, not the act. It's you saying, yes, Lord, to whatever he says to you, reckoning upon his life, his strength, his working through you. Because here's the thing. God can say, 
Go over there and love an enemy. But you don't know what God's heart is towards the enemy. You don't know what he's working through that action. You don't know the surrounding circumstances. You don't know the fullness of God's plan. When God says, go love an enemy, you say, thy will be done. I don't have it in my emotions to love him, but I'll go forward believing that you will be in me the love that I need to present. Now that's obedience. And in obedience, suddenly... It's not just about loving that enemy. It's about presenting Christ to everybody around you. It's about literally so many facets of the will and work of God that you couldn't possibly comprehend it. And if you could, you'd probably be so proud of yourself, nobody could stand you. God works through the simplest yes. The simplest yieldedness to Him. So, obedience is in truth. Let me ask you a question. Have you become indifferent in your relationship to the Lord? See, indifference, worldliness, spiritual laziness, spiritual lethargy do not have their source in God. Look at verse 8. This deceptive persuasion is not from him who called you to freedom in Christ. They were operating from a different source. They were being motivated by something other than their new nature and the Spirit of God. Second Timothy, verse in Second Timothy that I've read to you quite often, speaks of people who are distracted and operating from something other than the Spirit of God. It says, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers who, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. The Galatians had chosen error over truth. They had chosen the works of the flesh over faith. They had reduced grace into an economy, and that's what legalism does. Father, if you'll just help me out of this mess, I'll do da-da-da. Well, that's an economy. If you do this, I'll do that. It may be bartering. You can call it bartering. But it's a trade. It's an economy. And any time you find yourself in an economy with God, know that God didn't put you there. Because Jesus paid it all. The Galatians had chosen living in the falsity of flesh over the living by faith. God does not lead us into deception. But here's an interesting thing. He has called us to live in the midst of it. He has not called us to live from deception or in deception, but to live in the midst of it because it's all around you, isn't it? It's everywhere. It's on the internet. It's on television. It's in, it's in the words of your neighbor, friend, or relative. It's in all kinds of things. And God puts you in the middle of it. That's hard to navigate, isn't it? You cannot navigate in this temporal life apart from the leading of the Spirit. The moment you shift focus, you're immediately confronted with the choice to move forward in truth or in error. Error is simply walking in unbelief the way the lost do, not according to the Spirit. 
So God puts all these things. I brought this up so many times. God allows all these things in our lives to distract all these things that distract us, all these things that literally pull at our emotions, that, that cause all of these problems within the soul. God allows it. Doesn't happen unless God allows it. And he allows it for this purpose. What's in you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You will never know the truth, the superiority, the faithfulness, the absolute superiority of Christ in you unless you're thrown in dependence upon him. And that navigation, that dependence is not just when things get really tough. It's not just when the big Goliath shows up. It's not just when you are facing the Red Sea. It is moment by moment that we recognize our need for him. Walking in dependence upon him. Navigating so that when these things come against us, we can say very clearly with certainty, my hope is in the Lord. My faith is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. No, I don't know how it's going to work out. No, I don't understand how it's all going to come together. No, I don't know how I would ever overcome. No, I have no faith in the circumstances. I have no faith in my finances. I have no faith in my health. I have no faith in what I have around me. I have only hope in the Lord. And it is not a despairing hope. It is a certain hope. It is a sure hope. It is a hope that is grounded in the omnipotence and sovereignty of a holy God who lifted me up from the depravity of my flesh and put me literally in His presence as a new created being. That's where my hope lies. And that's where your hope lies. God allows it so we have revelations of glory. God allows the troubles in your life so that you can know the victor. God allows the difficulties so you can know the far-surpassing victory. God allows truth so that the lies are dispelled. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.